Welcome to episode 64 of BoardWars.eu, your regular podcast about Star Wars Imperial Assault, a miniatures game by Fantasy Flight Games. We are back from the European Championships. Even though we started with only two hosts, someone will be joining pretty quickly later on. Stay tuned to find out who is and who isn't on the show today. Of course, we talk about the news. Tyrants of Lothal is on the boat and we got two articles about prices and two articles about maps you can buy. Also, there's something interesting going on on the official forums, more at 4 minutes into. In Community Watch we discussed the recent community drama over how to actually call these famous free rebel figures. Tune in to 28 minutes to hear us rambling about that and other podcasts. Rules clarification makes its return at 32 minutes. R2D2 and Mern have been in the game for a while, but we still find out more interesting stuff about them. If you are here to hear about the European Championships, fast forward to 55 minutes. Although not a full account, you can at least get our first shake at what we experienced there. Lastly, do not forget to, to join our Discord server at discord.me slash bweu. Like always, thanks to our patrons, and now, have fun with the show! Hello listeners, and welcome to another episode of our boardwars.eu podcast. Which, of course, we will talking about. We will be talking about Imperial Assault, which we have been doing so for the last sixty odd episodes. First of all, we are running on a greatly reduced crew today, today because uh, I skipped out last episode uh, or last week for the recording of the episode because I had some technical difficulties. And this week, um, Yepa needs to move. Last week, he actually, he actually had surgery, so he couldn't join anyway. Uh, this week, he has to he has to pack all his stuff, and he's moving in soon. Actually, not soon, but soon enough. And Alistair is also not with us because he is celebrating like an academic a- academic achievement. And <coughs> he wrote in this Discord channel that he he, he thought we, we 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 canceled the recording on this Thursday, but we didn't. And he said his command. His command of English will he his weak command of English will be his dune with an N at the end. I'm not sure what he means with dune, but we will find out. Uh, so this episode is called Dune now, but we have our last remaining host, the last man standing. Uh, it is of course uh, Yeppe. Uh, it's not Yeppe, It's Pazi, of course. Sorry, Pazi. What's going on? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Hello. Well, nothing much is going on. Nothing much. <laughs> Just uh, trying to. Just cr- trying to record a podcast, yeah. but uh, no one is ever ready. Yeah, on I'm, Thursday. I'm sorry. I've been flaking out. Yep, has been flaking out. Uh, Alistair has been flaking out. We we are all very 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 naughty boys. But okay, so let's get right into the to the meat of the episode. It's probably going to be a little bit of a shorter episode. We're going to talk about the lose news a lot. We have a little bit of a discussion on the uh, on the rules clarification from the European Championships. I will talk a bit about the European Championships, but not in detail about the matches, more on the broad strokes. And we'll try to to cover the last or the, the second to last uh, Legends of the Alliance mission. So right on, uh, we're going to be starting with cleanup, which there's no cleanup actually, but an announcement uh, either. Yep and Alistair, or Yep and Alistair and myself will be starting uh, to stream uh, Legends of the Alliance on Tabletop Simulator. There is no fixed schedule yet, and it's still in the early stages, but it should be happening next week, maybe Thursday, I don't know. I'll have to talk to the guys, so keep an eye out uh, on the Discord channel, of course. And if you are new to the show, join, please join us on Discord. 
which is discord.me slash BWEU in your browser. Uh, everything about the show and also the rules, clarifications and rules, questions you can, you can uh, ask there. A lot of people to find to play there. Uh, so if you are into Imperial Assault at all, you listened to for the first time, join us on Discord. There's a lot to see there. So, of course, Legends of the Alliance will be happening in some form or another. Um, but, like, next week or so. So the first uh, item on our list today is actually news, which there's a lot of, and we will be heading into right now. Uh, the problem is, normally Jeppe does the news, and since he's not here, I will cover them, so you have to make do with me. First of all, um, Pazi, just right before the show, alerted me to the fact that uh, Legends or Tyrants of Lothal is actually switched its status to on the board, on the boat, actually. I'll have to grease my throat here. Uh, Tyrants of Lothal is now on the boat, which means it should be arriving into like like a month or so. That's actually very curious because we were talking about um, Tyrants of Lothal um, during the European Champions with someone from from the from the tournament organizers. I can't remember who said it, but they basically said that TOL is not going to hit before Gen Con, which is still. I think Gencon is at the end of August, so this would be still like eight, ten weeks away or something like that. Which, if it's really on the boat, that's not going to happen. So I have to question what's what's right here. We will be seeing what's going on, and if the status will remain to be on the boat for for another six weeks or so, and then of course it will it will be Gencon when it's will released. But let's hope it will be releasing soon, which would be like in three or four weeks, hopefully. We'll see, and then you could play it. But that's not only that. That's not the only <coughs> news we have this week. Second item would be there is now an official rules clarification thread on the FFG boards. And even though it's been up for a few days, there's not there's no there's no entry there outside the the announcing entry. But there is a new member created or a new um, user created on the board called Official Rules, and he will be posting official rules clarifications that that have been submitted via email to Todd, and he will be posting them on the boards for us to read um, and to have a to have a, a permanent record and a permanent reference there, because they realize that having some of the rules clarifications be word of mouth through tournament organizers and whatnot might be a bad idea. And we will be coming to this uh, later when we rules clarification this episode. But for now, head into the show notes, click on the link, called Official Rules Questions Thread, and you should be landing there. Uh, as of right now, it's the 14th of, of June. There's nothing in there outside of the, the, the first post, but there should be something in there. At least when Tyrants of Lothal launches and we have the new stuff to play, there should be something in there quite quickly. You should be. Okay, next is um, a few articles announcing prices for the, ne- the next season and the next store. Uh, so the next... Um, Season 2, Organized Play, and the next store um, uh, store championships kits. So the first is Lure of the Dark Side uh, spoils the, uh, the the prices for Imperial Assault Season 2 for this year. And prices are quite uh, underwhelming, <coughs> I'd say. Uh, first of all, you'll be getting, uh, if you're attending, for the top 16, which I'd say for the, for the seasonal events, 
there shouldn't be that many players, so you should be a, have a de- decent shot if you're making a positive record uh, to make the top 16, which will be an alternate art probe droid card, uh, double-sided. You already know how this looks. Um, I'm not sure it's going, who's actually going to play probe droids in, in Skirmish, because they seem to be a bit overcasted right now, but if you're running them in campaign, they are also very fine, so it's a little bit larger art and better art, so it's, it's fine. Uh, if you're going to be, make top four, you'll also be getting a alternate art driven by hatred card, which looks pretty good. Um, the art on this on this is actually not that great, if you ask me. There are, there's better art already in the game that would be fitting much more closely, I think. Uh, it looks a bit cartoonish to me, but it's an alternate art card. If you're into that, just join, make the top four, and you should, you should be getting it. And then, um, if you win one of the one of the season two events, you'll be getting five. Uh, transparent acrylic bleed tokens. Yay! I'm not sure. Um, not not only that bleed is one of the lesser used uh, conditions in in skirmish, and you they're transparent. That's that's nice. They don't look that good. I think I'm not sure. So I'm a bit underwhelmed by the by the season two um, prices, but it breaks. Not gonna attend any of the season two events in uh, in Europe, so I don't care. Um, but we have the we have also the 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 prices for the Imperial Assault Store Championships, which is the the, the article called is is called a time for heroics, and this is actually very very good if you ask me. You have uh, first of all the top thirty two will be getting an alternate art Dubic Rider, with a a piece of art that's actually much better than the driven by hated card on the on the other alternate art card. Looks very good. I very much like to have that, and I try to get my hand on it. Uh, the top fours are also going to get a another point style. With this this time, it's a green generic Imperial Sword uh, logo claim on it. I like the the stylist ones with the with the art on it more. But I mean, yeah, if you're if you're desperate to get one of these, maybe you can snatch them up this time. The top the top the top two are also be getting an altered art card of heroic effort. Which is an, a rebel skirmish attachment, oh, skirmish upgrade, of course. If you're um, not sure uh, what this is, it's zero cost and it lets you. It you can only run it if you if you run unique figures, only unique figures. And if one of your figures die, you can draw a card and then uh, place one of your um, command cards from your hand on the bottom of your command deck, so you can cycle through your deck a little bit faster. This is mainly meant for if you have only unique. Figures and you have one of their signature cards in there. You just um, you just you can draw a card and then get rid of the card you can actually play now because one of your unique figures is gone. So this is I think this was this was was the main reason for this card existing and it has a, a rather also a rather cartoonish rendition of Mon Mothma on this card. I'm not sure. Uh, someone said on the European Championships when this was already spoiled. That there should be someone else on there. I think I can't remember. I think Rich said something that he liked someone else on this card, and I forgot who he meant. But it's a it's a nice touch. Uh, the interesting thing is that these cards actually have um, you'll be getting them if you make the top two. So if you're attending the final, and they're actually unique the cards because one of them has a has a both of them have badges on the lower left of the alt art and these badges say first or second depending on if you win or lose the final so you get the different cards depending on if you win the, the store championships or not also store champions will be getting a 
uh, a buy for the next regional championships. This has been an ongoing thing. So um, if you are into the, the whole thing, you should be joining, of course, the store championships. Get a um, get a buy for the regionals and have a, a little bit of a leg up in the tournament. Okay, this was a time for heroics, which is also uh, prizes. Now we go into the, the weird stuff. First of all, um, we already talked about it. There has been released a, a skirmish playmat for the use crew entertainment distri district and it was released on at worlds so players there could buy it uh, isaac who we we played with at the european champions uh brought some brought one of them over i actually i should have told alistair or isaac to to, to get more of them and maybe distribute them at the, at the european championships to have uh more people get their hands on them but uh i actually forgot to do that maybe we can get on this next year um so this was released at Worlds, but then it didn't show up in any stores. So today, when we record on the 14th of uh, June, FFG actually put an article up that it's now be, to be uh, ordered at your local, local retailer. So um, yeah, so right now you can get it. I was searching for it uh, uh, at, the UG, at the UK Games Expo, where the European Championships were held. No one had them. Same with the Java map. No one had them. I only got the... Rain, uh, I only got the... Nalhada Swamps there, which is the first map to rotate out when, once you get to the next news, but uh, it's, it's okay. So uh, if you're tired of assembling all of the uh, Heart of the Empire tiles, get the use crew map. It's nice. It has Ahsoka and a shapeshifter on it. Looks okay. And next, uh, a few days ago actually, there was another article uh, called um, Lothal Waste Skirmish Map, but this is actually very interesting. Because not only does it have uh, two characters from the uh, from the next expansion on there, one of which is the Stormtroopers, the other one is the clone trooper hero we have in the campaign box. And of course you will have a skirmish card too, but you don't know anything about it, so I'm not going to talk about that. But also, it's the map, uh, the, the, the new skirmish map uh, called Lothal Wastes. And since they are putting out a... And the, the article talks about that you can pre-order it, I think, from your local retail, uh, um, uh, retail store, I think. Yeah. Does it did, uh, did you did you read if this is actually pre-order available available for pre-order? Yeah, pre okay. so, so it's not in stores you probably, yet, but you can you probably you can don't get it. Yes, and the thing is, since this is a map now, we are almost certain that this will be the next tournament map. I mean, if it isn't, this would be a very big bait and switch by FFG, and I don't think they want to do it. They could, but I don't think they want it. So. Um, we will see what's going to what's going on with that. Uh, I'd say it will be the next tournament map, and for this is actually interesting to talk about for a moment. Uh, you can see there's a picture on it in the on the article, and if you zoom in a bit, you see that there's two two missions, of course, mission A and mission B. Uh, mission A has critical positions, and mission B is, has actually something called fluctuations. Um, I'm not actually sure. You can hardly make it out on the map where they are, and I think they will be. Uh, they will be similar to how, or at least the critical, critical position will be similar to how the shielded positions in Valhalla work, that you have to occupy them and maybe they either give a, po uh, a bonus or a detriment to occupying them, we will see. Uh, but the fluctuations, there are at least two, maybe maybe four or six tokens on the map that should be fluctuations. Not sure what they, what they mean, we will see what's going on with the mission when, when it actually releases. It's also a very large map, if you ask me. Uh, if you count it out, let's count it out on the air here. 
you have two deployment zones on the left and on the right. Each of these deployment zones has only one access to the main play area. And this access leads actually into a hallway, into a very uh, narrow and, and long hallway. The deployment zones are on the left and on the right. And the hallway then goes up uh, to the top and bottom. So you have to either split up your forces or occupy only one half of the map. And from deployment zone to deployment zone, it's uh, 1, 2, 4, 10, 11. It's 18 spaces. I think maybe the other side is... It's 18 spaces on the top side. And it's 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, 6, 7, 16 spaces on the, on the, on the lower end side. But the interesting thing is that the, the terminals will be going to be on the... On both terminals will be going to be on the, on the top side. So you might want to be there because you need to draw cards. Uh, so it's a very large map, but that doesn't mean it has large line of sight stuff because it's very clustered in the middle with tiny tiles or with tiles with line of sight blockers. So it will be interesting to see how this actually impacts the, the rangers and the, the weak ways. Oh, someone dropped? No. It's actually... Hey! So, okay, so we have Alistair on the line. Did you record offline? Okay, so you can't hear him now because he hasn't started yet. <laughs> and I don't have my offline recording running because it's useless. Uh, so, after he started, you will he no, you hear, hear Alistair. Did you start now? I should be okay, so, now. Okay, so, hello Alistair. Why don't you celebrate? Uh, I have a wonderful, wonderful partner decided, she knew, because I've been talking about it so much, how how much I have to tell to our podcast fans. So she, she realized this was very important for, for me and us. So decided that she'd uh, do me a favor and uh, rush back to my... Okay. So we make this quick and you get to celebrate <laughs> after? <laughs> okay. Okay, so uh, to bring you up to speed, we quickly went over the prices for the next uh, two price kits oh, yeah. uh, in the news. We also went over the use crew news and we are now into looking at the new Waste of Flow file map. So, I already told, told the listeners, on the top you have two terminals, and on the top there is a distance of 18 spaces between the deployment zones, and on the bottom you don't have any terminals, but distance is only 16. And also that there is the middle, there is a line of sight blockers, and it's a bit clustered. Have you looked at the map? What's your take on the map? Um, I think it's interesting. I, I, I mean, so much is going to matter about what these... Um... You know, the, the missions are and whether or not that's going to be making it a little bit less of a sniper's paradise because I, I think I look at this and I still see range and I still see um, that openness being that I, I didn't see coming with you screw uh, really informing what we have coming next in terms of you know the new units that are coming along that said I was really hoping for some kind of droppable shield token kind of effect or something that will actually break up the um, the line of sight and when I see the fluctuations, um, as a not massive Rebels fan. I don't know enough about Lothal to know what that probably means. But I am sort of hopeful that there will be some play to make sure that the you know the Lothcats and the melee figures are going to be able to perhaps port around the map a little bit and, and it, they won't be quite so shooting ducks uh, in shooting gallery, if it makes sense. Speaking about porting on the map, uh, one of the missions, the B mission, has um, mission objectives or whatnot that's called fluctuations. So... Yeah. Do you think that will be something like a teleport that can that you can use to to have your 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 melee units go into one end and come out of the other other end of the map? Well, if you're more of a rebels fan than I, all I all I know this is where I confess my ignorance. I am, I am actually catching up in it all, but I know that this is sort of something that happens on Lothal and rebels. So if you're a better That's what fan, I'm gonna say, do you right? know what it's in, it's in the it show, kind of how it plays out in the show? <laughs> yeah, I mean. 
I'm not entirely sure if it would be okay to be having mm-hmm. it because it was a it would be a very large buff to me. But on the other side, it's a large map, and maybe that's helping Melilis out to actually compete, which would be good yeah. because then be so 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 boring. Okay. I mean, I do think um, that that some kind of movement <laughs> effect is what's needed to um, override the fact that range will you know often eke out any other kind of uh, unit because um, yeah. there is a lot of there are a lot of black lines on this map, but actually. I feel that some of them, and, and watch me be wrong, as, as, I'm, as I'm often wrong, but I feel a little bit like you, Screw. There's actually, uh, sometimes it looks more, it looks less open than it actually is. I think there's there's quite a lot of big sight lines. So, um, that, you know, it might, it might still be Rangers and Iggy doing very exciting things on this map. So fluctuations, if that just sort of renders you not able to leave somewhere as safe as you once could, that's going to be a big change. Then again, it's still going to be only one in yeah. six of the, you know, possible maps you'll have to tournament play, so. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Okay, so that's the Lothal Waste Skirmish map. Uh, if you want to see the, the map for yourself, uh, head into the show notes. There's a link to the actual article on the FFG site, and there is a picture on the, uh, of the map. I don't know if okay, I missed this. So it was, into... It's a little bit too low res for me to see, but the, the fl- fluctuations <laughs> and the critical positions are, are different colored points on the map. Is that the case, or is it actually... Do you think we're to assume that all six? Yeah, so it's it's very hard to it's very hard to make out. So I so the the actual missions are colored red and blue, but the tokens that are actually on the board yeah. are I'd say they are red, yellow, green, and blue. So I'm not actually sure what's going on. Yeah. So there are two of each of these colors. So I think we need to we need to accept that we need to that we need to. We need to actually read the mission to figure out what's going on. Why is my... You can my buy the map and then you get the uh, yeah, uh, skirmish uh, mission cards. <laughs> wait, let's see. Yeah. Oh, wait. Did I... For some reason... Okay. We need to do a quick break here. Uh, I need to uh, restart my recording because I'm, I've been recording with my desk, with my laptop microphone, which should be sounding Ooh. horrible for Call all of you. Alistair. So I'll stop that. I'll stop that now. And we'll see us again in... Two seconds when I start recording with my action. Fantastic. Until in a few moments. Okay, I am back. So, uh, you should be hearing me much better now. Uh, so, like we said, that's the Waste of Lothal map. And I hope I can edit all of this out. <laughs> uh, you should be able to pre-order it. No idea when it actually comes out. Because the, the what's it called, the, um, the actual expansion is already only at on the boat. So... Yeah, no idea when it's going to happen, but we'll see. So, I, th- I think they, they want it out before the next round. I and mean, this, this is sort of that month away from the next, you know, when a lot of store champs can be happening. So, I'd say soon. Yeah, I'm not actually on board with that, but that's fine. And uh, I think, uh, and uh, well, uh, Chencon is having the, probably the North American. Yeah, you mean, you mean that they, they're going to roll out, rotate out the map? Uh, or re- rotate in the new map right. for the Chinacon tournament, the North American Championships. There, yes, 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 I bet they will. yes, they will do that. It's but that doesn't mean the map is actually possible. available, right? So they only need to sell the they only need to sell the um, the box there, and it's actually if they only sell the box there, and they need to, it's very it's very bad if you ask me because if they if they change out the map before we actually have the box. We can't we can't prepare on it, and it's also a hassle to get the box there, unpack everything, 
yeah. get the get the get the the map set up with the new tiles you don't know already. So hey, there is one one possibility. That is, they can give give they can give all uh, attendees the map. <laughs> they could. Here is your land. Here is your map. I mean. <laughs> You know what I'm going to, right? I mean, the, yes, it, yes. Rolling out the map when the <laughs> when the box is now on the boat means the box is going to be here at the closest, like three weeks before the tournament. That I mean, that's realistically, or let let's say four weeks, four weeks before the tournament. And if this if this actually keeps delaying, some people might even not get the box before the tournament, and then they have to play on it. That's very very bad, and that should never happen. They should actually, what they should do, they should delay the rotation until everyone has the box because people will be upset and they will, they will be crying in the forums and there will be bad blood against FFG. They All don't right. need how much, how much has the big Nell Hutta advocacy group paid you, Stefan, Sorry? to say this? You, know, you, you and your Nell Hutta Swamps fans just want that map around as long as possible. Okay, so... And I know, I know you've, you played Rangers, so, I, so I, I know that you like that map, but that get, map has to go as quickly as possible. I don't want to get into that, but I have you know... I played two <laughs> games in the European Championships on that map, and I lost both of them. So I don't actually care that much for I Nell bet Hutter, as, so. as Vader, I won both of them. Sorry, as Vader, I won both yeah, of them too. So, so <laughs> I, should, I should be yeah, saying the same. I'm, I don't actually care for Nalhada. I just want not to people not to freak out because they will freak out if this is going to happen. You will see, and it's bad. I, I think I think it's going to be the first time you get a simultaneous box and map. Same time. I, th- I think the thing that they've been avoiding for so long is that feeling of, oh, I have to buy the map, t- I have to buy the new set to stay in the tournament scene. And I think now they're just going, you know what, That's that that ship sailed long time ago. The the new Lothal box will come out, and basically at the same time it'll say, the map's ready, and the map's changing. It'll, it'll happen all at the same time, and I think it'll happen in uh, in the next few weeks. Okay. And yes, discussion will be rife online. But I think it's gonna. I think all three are going to come out at the same time, and it, n- nothing, not one before the other. It's going to be they're all going to drop at the same time, and you know that that that'll be set up for Gen Con. So there's lots of exciting new freshness at Gen Con. Because if, if you know Gen Con runs the same list, the same uh, uh, map rotation as right now, I I don't know. I mean, I I, th- I think people will run a lot of very si- similar samey stuff. Yeah, sure. The meta will not uh, not change. At, as much so people who want to run the the previous lists and only buy the low fall map they will be still viable in tournaments this is very nice but still i for them to rotate it in so close to the tournaments it's not it's not good it's not good okay and uh, stefan yeah uh, how much do you trust that uh, now the asmodi employees uh, are updating the upcoming page uh, the same day it goes onto the boat. Yeah. So okay, I envision this as this that someone in FFG, some someone in FFG, has in their job description to update the stuff. Right? It might not be, might actually be an informal stuff or whatever. But what they're gonna do is they will be either on a weekly or on a bi-weekly basis update this this page. <coughs> so even though it will, it might have been on the boat already for two up to two weeks. Still, that might have already been happened before, and our estimations for uh, for when um, when stuff is actually available from the time on when the status quo go- is going to be changed to on the boat doesn't really change by 
by that much, right? I mean, it's that that's maybe two weeks difference. That this is also this was always in the in the span we we predicted, right? So uh, I know what you're gonna say, and it could be coming out like in two weeks, but I doubt it, right? So I mean, for this to be for this to be true, it would have been all would have it must be already at the port in LA. And then in the next week, it must have been like in distribution and then it's on sale the next week after. But this is not going to happen. So so exciting also. times waiting for the, for the news yeah, to come. Wa- waiting for the next well, expansion. Sure. I mean, this, this pileup we've had, we'll spend the rest of our lives wondering what happened with the... Whether, was it Legion? Was it something else? What created this sort of hiccup in what was already not the most reliable East Central? Yeah, some, something clearly talk, happened. I think there's a lot backed up that's going to come out at once. We talked to um, stuff, uh staff on the on the UK Games Expo. They said it was Legion. Not sure if they actually know something or if they were just talking, but mm. yeah, I don't know. Okay, it's good. Enough. It's of good news. to blame everything on Legion. Yeah, yep. Yeah. Go, go ahead, go ahead, Pazzi. Go ahead, Pazzi. Uh, I was just saying that it's good to good to. Good uh, place to blame everything on Legion. That's a good strategy. No, it's not good strategy. <laughs> it's, it's lazy. It's lazy. <laughs> okay, so that was the news, uh, which means we'll be going into Community Watch, which is very short this week. Um, like always, you should listen to uh, Twin Troopers, who put out two episodes, <coughs> and you should also listen to Science Finest. Kenny put out a lot of episodes. He also interviewed, I think, uh, Luke Sykes, who won the European Championships already. <coughs> I'm sorry, I, I'm going to coughing again. Um, he inter- interviewed Luke. And if you want to hear the, the, the perspective of the guy who won the tournament, sure, listen to them. It's interesting. It's not too exciting, I think, but yeah, at least. And they have another episode which they talk about strategy. I forgot what, but I listened to it. It's very interesting. Uh, aside from that, there was some confusion. The last week going on on the on the forums and um, on the Slack channel and I think I'm not sure if you if I posted it on Discord too but so um, there is this this uh, this band of units in the rebel side which uh, is Gideon, Cifripio, and Hera and there is a term for it right I say this is the rebel care package or the rebel care package plus um, but someone got the crazy idea that it could also be named uh, Rebel Landing Gear. And people were confused on the Slack channel, uh, on the Science Finance Slack channel, and they opened up a straw poll, and I won. So almost 70% of the people with 76 votes said <laughs> the Rebel Care Package Plus is what this is called. But 33 people said it's actually Rebel Landing Gear, or RLG. Uh, Alistair, do you want to wanna weigh in on this? How... Rebel landing gear? Is it because of Hera? I, well, I think she's a, you know she's the smooth landing specialist. Yeah, sure, but um, so I can I get that three points, you know, three points of contact on the ground. But I've got to say that the um, the reason I like the <laughs> the the, the, the uh, care package plus is, and this is a this is like one of the you know, as somebody who's always positive, it's the most cynical thing I'll say about the game. Calling it the care package plus is reminding the designers that we're still running the care package. Yes. We're running the care package with a slightly... Like, I don't want to give it a new name because I don't want to think there was that Hera was, you know, change everything. It's it's still that focus and movement are so good and Hera adds focus and, and adds movement and a little after the uh, the play effect. So so there's there's my, you know, old man waving his cane. No, it was the Rebel Care Package. It's still Rebel Care Package. Um, and frankly, you know, until we move beyond it, 
which we might, you know, the new, uh, hope springs eternal for Lothal. Yeah. But it's basically still the Rebel Care Package, any way you paint it. Okay. So we're going to resort to calling it a Rebel Care Package for now. Okay, so, and I also remember that uh, I think the, la- the last or the newest Science Fans episode is also about um, the Rebel Care Package and how to, how, to, how to think about fixing it by changing the, the involved units or, or changing other units. I, I'm actually... <coughs> I'm actually not sure that this is a good idea because there are there are more glaring issues with the game mechanics that need to be changed. But at least it's an it's a fun way to think about the game. Okay, so that's it for graphic uh, um, community watch, and we will be going hastily into rules clarification. This is the first actual talking point of the day. So Alistair, I, and Yappe were on the European Championships and. There were actually two things that um, uh, there actually two things that um, came up as rules questions to the to the tournament organizers or the the judges there. The first was which we're going to uh, not talk about because it has been shut down and it did. I think the the evidence for it to being shut down is very obvious, but uh, it's still think, fun to think about this. So Yep, I had an epiphany when we um, had, when we were at the hotel room. Uh, he was thinking of, was thinking about Mern and how to play with her, and that not only can she use uh, her action to order uh, an enemy unit to attack something, she can also use this action to make it move. So um, the idea was that if you can make it move on raining freight, you can gobble up crates with it. And the question now is who who's getting the points for that? And the same issue also applies in a in a less in a less severe way when you have the the crates on the most most icily stashed away, I think, or yeah, hidden treasure. It's I think it's hidden treasures. Um, the mission where you have to pick up the crates. Hey, go away, cat! Where you have to pick up the crates and uh, return them to your stash. If you command a an an opponent opponent's unit that has a crate and move it onto the stash, who gets the points? So Yeppe was excited. He wanted to run Mern and wanted to make this happen. But even though I don't think it will be terribly strong, but we still need to think about it. Uh, so we asked. Uh, he asked the tournament uh, judges, and it was actually Jill who was actually at the top sixteen of worlds. And he basically said that um, none of this would work, like with the uh, scoring points with an opponent's figure, because nowhere in there. Does it say that the controller of the figure actually changes? It only says you do this with this figure, but the controller of the unit is still your opponent. So since the controller of the units gets the points, unless it's otherwise specified, um, the judges were of the opinion that uh, if you do that, if you gobble up crates or if you uh, stash away uh, crates with Mern on an opponent's figure, that actually your opponent would get the points. So it doesn't really do anything. So that's what this would be was the first interesting thing that was i think this is quite novel and quite new and that if it would have worked if it would not have been shut down by by the rulings call which i totally understand and i can see why it was done it's a neat way to think about how to how to 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 structure your list to actually control enemy units in a way your opponent has then has a hard time uh combating combating against so um i like this idea and this is why I'm mentioning it. And I'm sad that Yebe isn't here. I would have 
let him talk about it himself because he actually came up with it. But maybe he can go into more detail uh, how he how he got the idea next time when he's on the show. Okay, so that's the first of two uh, rule stories from the European Championship. The second one was actually more open. It was announced before the Swiss round uh, by the judges. There have been questions about R2D2 and Lucky. So let me bring it up. Uh, you should already by already uh, by now know what R2D2 can do. He is oh uh, R2D2. He is Lucky, which means um, while defending. If you roll a blank result, add plus one uh, dodge to the defense results. So what this means, usually what this means is that uh, he has two sides with a dodge result on it. Since when R2D2 was released, um, rerolls on, on, on defense die or opponent's figures were actually quite rare. Uh, the wording on this on this ability is a bit lacking in that what actually happens if you reroll it. So the tournament organizer said that if you don't have any ability to remove a dodge and you re-roll the die of r2d2 the dodge is still there if if you previously rolled the blank side of course because it says while defending if you roll a blank result add plus one dodge to the defense results it doesn't say that if you re-roll it it goes away it's plus one to the pool to your symbol pool so it's still there if you re-roll the die um so if you have a weak way attack r2d2 and you roll a blank uh, a blank result Unless the weekly has any any way of, of removing the actual dodge symbol from the results, rerolling the die wouldn't do anything because it's still there. So this was clarified, and it's actually I'm similarly heightened reflexes. Yes, well. uh, heightened reflexes yeah, also doesn't yeah. work because it removes the die after after if it's rolled. So, but what does work is element of surprise because element of surprise removes the die before it's rolled. So, actually, element of surprise in this case is actually stronger than heightened reflexes against uh, R2D2. Um, <coughs> I'm sorry. So, okay, now we go into Parsi and you talk about is this actually true? Is this what you think should be true? And why is it true? We have talked about this in a forum thread on the FFG forums and. Uh, uh, Todd also confirmed that uh, when you reroll a die, the old result doesn't uh, exist anymore. And uh, lucky, and lucky, lucky is an ability that adds uh, adds uh, symbols to the results. So it only adds uh, the dodge after the reroll if the die still shows a blank side. Yes, and I think that that was my that was my school of thought, and I always argued this against people who went this. Oh, you gain the bonus dodge in the rolling step, whereas anything else would be gained in the defender modifier step. They ruled that um, you gain this, you know, plus one dodge token or credit, as it were. Somehow you gained it in the rolling step, so then subsequent rerolls or subsequent die modification wouldn't affect it. I always was of the opinion that while I think the card was worded poorly, that anything like that you gain, there'd be a check for gaining it during defender modifiers. And if that die had been re-rolled or removed or anything had happened before you got to that step, you wouldn't generate the dodge. The interpretation of Europeans was there was this little window for generating a plus one dodge that happened during the rolling step, which would make it an exception to everything else in the game, and that's why I think it's not right. So I'm with, I'm with you, um, Patsy, but I, I went with the uh, with the uh, judges' rulings on the, on the day. Yeah, so... Uh... I think that um, the main problem with this is that, that the wording on the actual ability is so old where we learn over the course of the last three or four, three and a half years, we learned so much about the game, how the, 
the mechanics interact and how the, the structure of the attack actually works that we know now things that we didn't know before. And at the time when R2-D2 was actually designed, I think it was right around the release of the core box because it was in the first uh, expansion. And I think design for the first expansion must have ended like in early, early winter of 2014 or something like that. So it was right around the, uh, around the, the time the, the core box actually released when R2-D2 was already finalized. So I think that, <coughs> of course, the people who, who had, had a hand in designing R2-D2, they just didn't know better uh, to, to, to make the wording more clear because we, act, we all, all of us didn't know. So it's actually very understandable. And what, what I would expect is that it, this is one of, the, one of the first questions that should be answered in, in this rules thread we, on the forums we, we talked about earlier in the news. Um, because this will come up more often and people won't remember what's being ruled on Europeans or what's being ruled on the forums and people will, will argue about it and then you need to look on the forums and then some people said, on, but under Euro European championships, it was played differently. So what you, what you need is to place this in the official rules thread and say disability works this way and since you reroll it, Dodge is gone and whatnot. So, if this is actually what Todd um, wants to do with that, so I think the earliest it I'd possibly say... could have been put into the FAQ was after HKs came out, because I think before that there wasn't any way to reroll defense die. Yeah, it didn't matter when R two D two was uh, designed. The, the 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 distinction. Okay. Anyway, but uh, uh, there is this uh, quite a nice thread uh, on FFG forums about lucky and the interactions uh, with uh, heightened reflexes and tough luck. I know, I know, but it, I know that that's true, but since like in like on um, in Gen, at Gen Con or even earlier at Store Championships, the thread about lucky won't be on the front side of the of the of the queue anymore. Yeah. That's and you cannot pin all of these all of these single threads in the forum that have interesting rules clarifications in them. That's what the actual um, official rules questions thread is for. And they need to put it in there. I think that's, and it's, it's one, of the, one, of, one of the most urgent things, I think. Because it's, it's going to come up again. Everyone is, everyone is running R2-T2. Everyone is running um, yeah. uh, weak ways. It's, it's going to come up again. Well, all the, all the more, yeah. All the more if you can, if you can feel that that already um, very, very powerful soft activation card generator, um, you know, a, a unit that can heal Iggy, unit that can, can do all sorts of fun things. If it's even safer um, than he was previously, uh, you know, that's, that's fan, that, that, that makes that three points. I, I don't, I don't think, it, think it makes it as good as uh, C-3PO for two points, but boy, does that make it a good three points. Yeah. Okay. So th that was the, what was the, was the story. The full story of yeah. the rules clarification. Uh, I'm, I'm sort of on the side of you. You gain you gain bonuses in the defender modifier stage, so you, you, the, the die has to survive till then. And if it doesn't, um, I'm afraid you don't get it. Yeah, you, they need to they need to say this on the on the forums. Then it's fine. Okay, uh, well, that's it for rules clarifications this week. Twenty three minutes. Do we want to talk? I, sorry, if we, I missed this. Do we talk about the timing rules that were introduced? Whether or not we think that'll become common practice. Which timing rule? Oh, that the 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 the, 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 ones, the, about, the ones about keeping us on track I, as as much as. <laughs> okay, so do you want to? So I don't think it's it merits to be 
thinking about if this one will be extended to other tournaments. I think this was a tournament specific stuff, but we can mention it. And we also should mention what happened with the cut. If you want to go over that, great. Sure. Yeah. So uh, <coughs> having done, you know, more IA tournaments that I can you know count anymore. Um, one of the things you always know if you're there and it's really high intensity is that there's some game that's really <coughs> close and it just beats the timing on ticking into the new round. And the two players look at each other and go, wow, this is really close, but we now have a full round. Let's really not rush ourselves and really think this through. Which you can totally understand why they do that. But if you're the organizer of the tournament, you end up watching a game that might last as long as the whole game lasted while everybody else waits for it to move on. So, in a decision, the judges decided to try to keep the games on time. That after the round was cold, uh, it would be ten minutes. And at the end of ten minutes... Um, I don't think it ever did come down to them having to clap their hands over a table and say, that's it, that roll. But at, they would, you would have to go to scoring um, somewhere in the middle of the round. Everyone, again, sort of uh, reacted. We all sort of got told this right at the start. Um, but it, it made a lot of sense if you've been to a lot of tournaments because these things are really, really hard to keep on, on time. And our game has a big, big problem with that specifically. Um, that said, for those people, myself included, who brought Han or who brought um, Vader, not knowing that your last round would feature that end of round could be very meaningful. And it definitely changed the way I tried to play and the way I tried to look at the clock because, you know, those end of round activations, those end of round sort of special free activations uh, are vital. And, um, you know, so that, that said, that was the, the established um, precedent. But throughout the day, as I said, I didn't really see... Not only did the tournament run late anyway, it's, it didn't manage to stay as, as close to time as it had hoped. Uh, I never saw or feel like I, I heard it see go get really tight, really close to it. Generally, the judges were hovering around, and if it was getting really close, most players just sort of got the hint and, and played the round out that I saw. Please message us if you had a different experience. But I do think that was a really interesting change. And again, I, I'm not sure if the Europeans were slightly uh, Wild West and therefore doing things a little bit their own way, or testing out a new rule that might become the new standard. But I, while I certainly understood where it came from, you can't just have um, players taking as long as they want and not able to progress the game after in their last round. Um, it did certainly have a difference for, you know, made clock management more important. And um, yeah, it was, a, it was a big, I, I think it was a pretty significant change. I can talk about the cut as well, but uh, do you guys have anything on? on sure, time? sure, yeah. Go, go over the cut as well. Yeah. Now, I, I've, I've spent less time thinking about the cut and what I, whether I thought this was um, how this changes the gamer stuff, because I, I frankly just loved it. Um, as a result of the numbers we had, they didn't want to do a top 32 cut that would go straight to elimination like I had it, um, like, the, like has been at Worlds and elsewhere. So with 66 or 68 some odd registered, which was, again, fantastic numbers for Europe. 66, I think 66. it was. Or it was 65, actually. Okay, so that made... Uh, well, they decided to do top third. Um, now, what the way top third worked out, and this was all fresh to me, but I loved, I loved the elegant way it worked, was that when you got to the end of six rounds, you had a top 22. They, these were the top third of the uh, tournament. Um, the top 10 got told, fantastic, you are not only top 10, but you're going to be top 16 as well. So you got to uh, pat yourself on the back uh, if you were in that rarefied air. <clears throat> um, you got to say, excellent, I'm, I'm through. And um, you got to know that you were not going to have to play the first game the next day. The other 12 players, player number 11 to player number 22, would have a game um, at the start of the, the day two of the tournament, and they would be an elimination game, leaving six. 
And that's how you got your top 16 going into elimination. So if I, I, I loved this. I think this was a really good um, way to sort of split the difference and not have a top 32 cut. Um, I think that it, it, it created a lot of like excitement for getting into top 10. You still knew you had to fight your way to the top, but you had the opportunity to watch game come. Um, a lot of people who might have felt a little bit boxed out actually got a sense of feeling like, well, I'm in it with a chance because I got I got a good... At a certain point in every Imperial Assault tournament, you just can't lose anymore. So they had that sense of, well, I, I get a chance to win. And if, if you remember how happy uh, number 22 was, um, it was a player I actually know and I should be able to bring mine, but I can't right now. But you know, that person who came in at 22nd and got a chance to you know chip in a chair, I can get through. Uh, it was great. I, I think that's a great way to do the uh, uh, tournament. I'd like to see that happen more often. Yeah, the thing is that uh, neither the, the tournament around timing and the, diff the, the modified cut... Neither of which is supported by the official FFG tournament rules, right? I mean, <laughs> it, it's pretty clear in there what you as have to do, and know, yeah. they just didn't do it. So I'm not actually sure if they, well, I, if this was actually sanctions or if this was a on-the-fly decision of the organizers on the site, but you'll probably never know. Well, that's, I would be surprised if they didn't. Well, I, I, frankly, I, I think it makes sense to try to test out different um, ideas for, for tournament. I'm always surprised it doesn't happen more often. And, you know, as an Imperial Assault player, I don't know if you've ever felt this way, Stefan, sometimes you kind of feel like you get a few rules that come down by people who probably know X-Wing better than they know our game. So it, I, I yeah. like the 10-minute rule, even though I think it's complicated. And I even liked the, the top uh, 22 cut because it felt like it was designed by people who really got the way our community works and the way our games go. Yeah. And that made it a little more exciting. So I wouldn't mind seeing tournament rules change a little bit to reflect, and, and I don't know if this is true for Legion, Armada, or elsewise, but I, I like the idea that there might be something a little bit more tailored to the way that we play, and you know, I always want more people to come to Imperial Assault events and get get more games in, so I think the more people who got to go to day two, the better for me. I support you on the, on the top 22 cut, or on the top third cut, but for the tournament round timing, I have to say that's... It, I don't like the decision, and I don't. I don't like how it was handled and implemented, because what what they could have done is extend the round timer for the for the actual rounds by ten minutes, and it it has the same effect. You don't you don't need an extra block of time at the end where the round is technically over, but it's not over, and you play until then the new block of time is then running out. This doesn't make a lot of sense to me. Why not? If you're gonna do the modification like that on a tournament, why not say, okay, I'll, since we, since we don't want to have games drag along uh, so long, we're going to extend the round time of by a, a total of ten minutes. But then that's it. After the ten minutes, the current action must be completed, and then it's scoring. So, or current action or activation, uh, whatever you're gonna settle on. But uh, yeah. having having an extra ten minutes tacked on to the end of round because it was on the timer you always saw the the current round timer ticking down for from the 65 minutes so but you can't you can't really plan for it because it might be a big uh, thing uh your opponent getting one extra attack in and and so on so yeah, yeah, it's, I, it's yeah. pretty random that way i think it was a, it was an interesting rule to introduce because it was been, it might from what i saw it was enforced very softly it basically was a way of telling everybody, look, we're not going to let you run for for ages. You're not going to... It was sort of stopping people from having that conversation yeah. after the round ticked over saying, cool, now we have as long as we want. 
But I don't think I once saw them going around saying, and that, nope, yeah, you I know. roll that dice. Yeah. Didn't leave your hand in time. Yeah. So there was no, like, basketball buzzer no, style. No, I, I know, I know. I mean, you could do that because by the time the, the 75 minutes clocking down, very few tables are actually playing anymore because most of the tables already finished. So uh, the judges don't have a lot of uh, games to observe at that time. So I... I would, I would actually have been fine if they would have said, uh, we are not going to, to honor the, the playing the round to full. We're going to cut off at 65 minutes. And after 65 minutes, current action is completed or current activation is completed. And then, then that's it. You're going to scoring. This would have bought, bought them like a full, a full hour or at least 50 minutes. Um, almost 50 minutes over the course of the tournament. This is, this is a lot of time. So I. Well, but I, I think you're you're underestimating that. That's a you know again that, that's a bigger change to what I'm used to. The ten minutes was I think I mean I, I call it, let's call it I think it's a Goldilocks level, right? Because it's saying yeah, okay. you don't get as much used to. Yeah, yeah, we, we're not true. gonna. I would ha- I would have to change the whole way I played if I was yeah. like as soon as sixty four minutes. I would find it difficult to stop to not start playing like a little bit more um, aggressively. Keep away. I'm um, if if I knew that I could kill my partner by just uh timing i'm him. totally fine with the 75 minutes too so that's that's okay what what i what i disagree with is the is the 10 minute block at the end which didn't seem to have any real purpose for me because the end of the game round doesn't exist anymore doesn't that the, the end of the 65 minutes doesn't mean anything so there's no need to actually specially designate them that's I, I see what you yeah, mean. That, yeah. It's felt so complicated. They're just saying it's a 75-minute round with a 10-minute warning. You can, you can do the warnings anyway. And they did the warnings. But they did the warnings for the actual 65 minutes too. That's why. doesn't do anything. Well, actually, well, no, hang on. Sorry, I, I hate to think out loud. I had to you know, come up with stuff while I'm talking. But, of course, the difference being that if it's a 65-minute game with a 10-minute overage, um, if your round ends at minute 66, game's over. That last 10-minute window is a window where, if the round ended, game over. So, uh, normal game, right? It's 64th minute and a half. He says, any end of round effects? No. I say, no. Wait. You know, initiative dial passes. Boom. Whereas I don't think, now, I don't if think that it was happened, played that way. I don't think people... In the 10 minutes that you got extra, if the round ended, boom, you were... That was it. Are you, are you sure? Yeah, that, that, that was... That, it was sort of like, that's your extra wiggle room time. Yeah, that, but that, if that the game, would actually be if fine if... Ends, if if that's if that's the case, that would actually be fine. But I I can't remember that anyone stopped playing if they completed the round after yeah. sixty five minutes. I will say one of the things that was a bit you know, it's, it's difficult. This must be really hard to run. But all of us standing there with our lists in hand, all excited, you know, yeah. expecting an announcement of telling us where the fire exits are, and suddenly it's like, oh, oh, dang. Should I change my list to put R2 in? Or, yeah, well, maybe yeah. Vader's not going to get as many end-of-round attacks as I'd hoped. Uh, you know, that sort of stuff. It's uh, Again, it's 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 never an easy thing to figure out. Yeah. But, um, but yeah, that was... I, I think it's a bigger change. Um, and I wonder... We'll have to wait till we hear from Gen Con. Is, it, it, was that just, as you say, Wild West, uh, let's try something out? Or is that actually FFG saying, let's see if... You know, how the, will the players revolt if we introduce this? <laughs> yeah. We'll see. Um, so... At least the top 22 cut or the top third cut was a very good idea. And I really liked it. Not only because I came close to actually making it, uh, but also <laughs> but also because it's it, it feels more natural. Okay, so let's note the time. It's 6.20. Uh, so, with that in mind, this is rules clarifications. A little bit longer than I'd liked, but uh, that's fine. So now, since we have Alistair here, 
Um, question is if you want to talk about Legends of the Alliance or if you want to talk about uh, the Europeans. I'd say we go with Europeans for now. Recent or distant history, I guess, is the question. Yeah, because you, you um, haven't been... Yeah, I think, I think let's, go with the, let's go with Europeans. Yeah, you, have, you great, haven't been out uh, for, for a while and you were at Worlds and Europeans. Okay, so let's go with Europeans. But before we start, actually, I, I had an idea before before you came on, uh, which we're going to implement next year. Uh, why didn't we come up with the idea that you and Isaac are going to buy up a few maps of screw at Worlds and then distribute them at Euros? That would have, would have been actually oh, very smart, know. right? If there's one thing that that's true of me with all of the swag that I earn by just going to every Imperial Assault game that I can find, is I do not know how to monetize my hobby at all. Um, not only do I not sell any of my alt arts, I generally end up giving them all away. Um, I never think at the time going, "Oh, damn!" Like you know, my my fellow Brits will just be sitting there, um, you know, or Europeans going, "Where's my mat?" Um, and the the opportunity, two worlds with the ISB map and U screw. I'm not saying it defrays the cost of the plane ticket. It certainly does not. But the ability to buy the mat when the mats come out, which I've only gotten from two worlds, it's been fantastic. Yeah, next time I'm going to... So I'm going to save up Patreon money now. So next time we can use all of this Patreon money to gobble up all of these new maps that's going to be available at Worlds. And then we're going to just sell them for a profit at Europeans or sell them in Europe for... for Give them to to some listeners or whatever, because I, I I really I thought about it after I got home from Birmingham. So I'm guilty of this too, but we really should have thought about this. Okay, so um, Europeans, uh, do you want to start, uh, Alistair? <coughs> what? Uh, yeah, definitely. So I mean, yeah. yeah, just talking about the list, really. I mean, so I okay. decided. I got very good advice, uh, which now in retrospect it was very good advice, because I, I came off Worlds running Vader Spies and um, didn't do very well. Um, went uh, three wins, four losses. Uh, again, my losses were against you know, really good players, and my last one was you know, 11 o'clock at night. I'd already been 3-3, so it was just a, uh, a very, very tired uh, game. But I was running Vader, two jets, riots that had been turned into cross-trained spies, two officers, rule by fear, um, Zillow and unshakable. So I was broadcasting to my opponents that parting blow was coming. Um, but at Worlds, I, you know, didn't... I, I, my lack of practice really came through me, which is not to say I don't practice the game all the time. I just change lists all the time. I'm always um, switching it up or trying to find something a little bit different and more fun to do. And a good friend of mine, uh, the guy who got me into the game, uh, Andy, who did very well at Worlds, uh, came along and said, maybe just stick with one list for a while. Because I, I was ready to throw Vader in the trash. Uh, or at least just to say he's not you know, working for me, um, and said, uh, you know, you should actually, you know, the, the best players out there are the ones, well, the best players, and also even some of the players who are not nearly as regular players as, as I, um, and let's, well, I'll come to Luke in a second, some of them are playing the same list that they used for Nationals last year. Um, now, what that says about the state of the game, which I still think is pretty healthy, was that some people just really, really knew how certain lists ran, um, knew their command deck, knew their positions. And while I've got a good approximate knowledge of many things in this game, um, <laughs> I admit that I actually um, was was probably being a little bit too indecisive about what I wanted to run. So come around to Europeans, I'm running Vader again, and I am already making plans for day two, assuming I'm going to come somewhere in the middle of the cut uh, and not, not get through. Because I just figured this is not a... Um, it's not a top-tier list, certainly not the way I was playing it. 
but I practiced it a little bit more and decided I was going to dance with the one that brung me, uh, since you know that was the that was the list that I decided I wanted to try. Um, but just you know, make a long story short, I did extremely well at Europeans. I was I was thrilled, and it was a really nice um, return to form. Uh, I managed to um, come in top third in Swiss, and um, actually did reasonably well in the elimination stage as well with Vader and uh, My Spy Riots. Um, the difference was, I think, though, and this is where I have to be, be honest to say it wasn't about me, I didn't face any Iggy. I saw uh, Piotr, the uh, good friend of mine, plays from Poland. He was running Vader, and I asked him how his score was, and he said, oh, I didn't do very well. And I said, oh, what happened? He said, well, five games against Iggy lists. And I hate to say it, this is the luck of the draw. My six rounds of Swiss, zero Iggy. Okay, can and, we? And uh, that maybe. Can we get a, a short break in here for what we talked about? Oh when yeah. I, when I do you remember what you talked about when we got home from Swiss about how winning or losing the first game might put you in a different in a different crowd in the Swiss, where when you lose the first game, you might be dropping down into a into a group of players who. Who are not that familiar with uh, with the current maps or current current games, and just see Daniel Taylor um, uh, running his uh, IG weekways uh, at Worlds and just building it and just running it in Europe. And if you lose the first game, you are on the bottom because they also, are, on average, they tend to lose the first game because they uh, the weaker players they just drop down because they they are not yep. that good. And then you are in the second game, you are facing you you lost your you might have lost your first game. Uh, and then in the second game you're facing a Nigi player, and then you're losing again, and then you're you're consistently playing against Iggy players who keep losing down there, right? right? But you can't get can't get up because yeah. you can't get the matchup you're actually good against. But if you're winning, you're you're on the top with the other with the other weird scum lists and with the Han lists who are actually much more prepared, and <laughs> you're doing quite well against them, like you did. Well, so, so our American listeners are going to wonder why I was doing well and not facing the E-list, because they did seem to sort of um, dodge it. I think it's it's one of those things with the the you know tome or or um, you know whoever's putting you together. It's um it's actually really hard to predict. I, I certainly don't have the the head for it, the math for it, because sometimes you just get those matchups that favor you and sometimes you don't. I do think the first game is more important than any other you play in terms of um, defining what your day is going to be like because, uh, you know, good friend Isaac who's, you know, you know fantastic at the game how <coughs> Rangers, you know, uh, ended up in top 10. He won all of his games up until round uh, I think 5 and 6 but yeah. I have to say, I, I won my first game, lost my second game to one of the guys who also, who actually came in number 2 at, uh my only two losses at Europeans were to number one and number two, so I've got to, I get to brag about that a little. But I had a much more relaxed and I'd say a little more of a fun day because I was just playing games with um, some people who were playing good lists but didn't have as much experience behind it or didn't quite know what Vader could do. Um, so even though it worked out rather well and my games got harder as the day went on, I love that early loss to, yes, I could have seen more Iggy's, but not necessarily Iggy's who uh, knew how to run them as well. Um, and I think uh, uh, Piotr's experience is probably a bit of a, a, a rarity, though, because th that's got to be an example of um, running into a list that is obviously a bit forgiving, but you know they were obviously playing it well. I, I think a lot of people found that with Daniel Taylor's list, uh, if, if you just grab Daniel Taylor's list and rocked up to Europeans, there's a real um, patience and care to playing your command cards 
uh, that if you didn't, if you were a little bit slapdash about it, did them at the wrong time, you wouldn't do nearly as well. I think Han and Rangers is probably more forgiving um, because you know the command cards are worth playing just about any time they they come up. So, uh, so yeah, I think an early loss is something that you can be really happy with if you're if you consider yourself a decent player. Um, but I think that uh, I, you sometimes just get lucky, and I, I happen to avoid the lists I really didn't want to see, and managed to you know when I when it was Vader versus Vader on Nalhada, um, I got initiative, which is what which is what I wanted, so I was able to take the side that I wanted. Uh, you know, so, so th- that luck sort of does come in when it's when it's close. You need luck on your side and um, keep you against the the good kind of opponents. Yeah. Okay. So uh, do you wanna? Uh, talk about what you what lists you faced in what order what what was or, or something like like what what was surprising to you about your opponents or what you saw on the tables or in other in other matchups i think so i had some i had a i think for me the the big observations that i would want to share to people who are interesting is that man do i ever find the droid mission on you screw to be a tricky one because uh the, the loss i had against um uh, I, say, I think it was Oscar. I, I feel bad. Who, who came number second? Was it Oscar? <laughs> I, I who came number remember. two behind Luke. Yeah. Oh, I'm so sorry to you if your name is not Oscar. But you're an excellent guy, really good player. But we were playing on U-Screw Droids. I was playing Vader, and um, he was playing Hand Rangers. I loaded up a, a big spy hand, so I had strategic shift. I had intelligence leak, and um, I was sort of making round two not happen because I was just waiting for him to draw up a big hand that I was going to be able to dump out of his hand. Um, and just wait until I get myself in a position. What happened was, and I've never seen this happen on on uh, droids, but it just goes to show lack of experience, lack of uh, real care, was I put my droid somewhere where his focused hand could kill it one shot, and I tried to kill a droid with a Vader end-of-round attack and left it with one health. Now, when that happens, and that was, that, frankly, that's that's a little bit of bad luck, but frankly, that's an unforced error, because uh, given the way the droids work on that mission, there's actually no reason to put them into line of sight. Uh, I gave something away that required some bad luck to lose it instantly, but still could happen. And actually, um, I, I in turn resulted, I sort of needed to be able to kill the droid to be able to keep the momentum my way and didn't. So U-Screw ended up being, U-Screw droids ended up being, you know, my problem map. Because uh, I I found the, um, the world's experience had got me playing Vader a lot more carefully. Which was really working to my to my favor and benefit, and I also found that people were really thinking hand rangers, really thinking scum. So Vader had the chance to sort of surprise and thrive, which was fantastic. The only other thing I'll mention was I had two games against um, popular board wars player Der Seb, the uh, German national champion. Uh, both times he was absolutely classy. Both times very very close, but he was playing high activation scum, so two two weak ways Onar Vinto um, Greedo. And in both cases, I was actually able to squeak it with, with Vader because you, know, you didn't have that big hit Iggy counter. So I was able to come up and, and get close enough to start really causing problems with the chokes and the parting blows. And um, that, that, again, was my luck in terms of who I was being drawn against. Good players who were winning their games, but I was seeing lists that I, I actually was able to handle. Okay. Yeah. Um, the thing is that... so. I also played there, right? So, and I, in, instead of instead oh, yeah. of running something interesting, <laughs> I decided to run Han Rangers, but at least with a little bit of a twist. I've been listening to uh, Kenny over at Science Finest, and I took inspiration. I took his um, Han box list or his smuggler box list, 
and removed Ahsoka and and one smuggler, I think, and stuck in uh, the Rangers instead. <laughs> Very creative, I know, but uh, so what I ended up with was um, Han, the Rangers, MHD, Hera, uh, Cifripio, Gideon, and R2D2. And of course, uh, Balance of the Force, so I can get, get the necessary command cards to make this all work. Um, <coughs> and I did, I did a little bit of experimentation on Vassal before we had it over to Europeans. It worked reasonably well. Um, I had some, some maps which I really dreaded, which is Oddly enough, Nolhada, because without a smuggler, you're not that good on raining freight. And against Imperials, you completely suck against uh, Unshielded. It's unbelievable. But we will get there in a moment. So I played um, a fairly standard list, I'd say. So the first game... And if I look at my six games in the, in the Swiss, I played three games in against an IG list. Uh, two normal and one IG list with Luke and uh, and Weakways. and I won all of the three games against IGs, and I lost only uh, against uh, another Han Rangers list, um, a Vader list, and um, and a Luke Obi Wan list. So <coughs> actually, I don't I don't think mercenaries are a problem anymore. <laughs> so no, okay. So go so to to go over the the, the rounds. We played uh, first round and second round. We played on use group. First was I think first was the uh, the token mission and the second one was the droid mission. Uh, third and fourth round was um, not how the swamps. With first we had um, raining freight and then we had shielded and uh, fifth. Yeah, they came, they came out in pairs, which was yes. interesting. You always got you to use the you lessons always could the reuse your maps. Yeah, that was very nice. Uh, round five, five was most Isley B, which I think is stashed away. Uh, I can't remember. Wait, let let's see. Uh, no, it was actually. Uh, the, um, it was actually the other one. Uh, hidden dre- hidden treasures was I think uh, round five, and round six was stashed away. So the first two rounds I played an IG um, list. Uh, the first was IG Greedo Weakways each other with Rebel Care Package, the the usual thing, and it was against Vid, who who told me that he's not experienced on the map because he hasn't has never played it before, and it really showed. Um, he made some positioning he's errors. A, he's a homework player, though. He he does his reading, which is great. I, I love Vid. He's a total mainstay of the UK scene. He's also yeah, yeah, one of the sure, sure. Guys I've ever played against. He didn't play. But he always um he really does his homework. He really like he was always telling me he's like oh I read this and I yeah. read Daniel Taylor this that. and you're always like wow it's like you really uh, done your the, work. The thing is, he actually played very good for not having played it at all before, uh, and he almost got me what. The only thing that carried me through this game was that uh, he attacked uh, um, Han with Greedo six times, and one of time one of the times I think he dealt he dealt three damage. The other he dealt four damage, and four times he ran into a dodge, which Ooh. it's I mean I, I I completely attribute my win against him to rolling four dodges. I think three dodges in a roll, and then then he did the three damage, and before he did. Four damage once. So see, see Stefan, you you summoned the dodge gods. Yeah, you, yeah, uh, wrote yeah. Your article it's, and they, it's amazing. Uh, yeah. So that's what that's how I won. <laughs> and since he he wasted he wasted in, in in air quotes he wasted so many attacks on on Han the the equates couldn't remove the the hunt the, the the rangers. I took control of the the game from there. So he with the with the with Blaze of Glory out of the way and Han not really having suffered that much damage, I could heal him back up with MHD. There wasn't any problem in there, so it's it's really if you if you whiff on your attacks on Han 
And with IG against my list, it's very hard to come back. Okay, so second game was against Alex on Uscrew. He also said he hadn't played the mission before outside of the first game, which he actually played against well, Yep and won. Just, if I can just break in on you there, if I can break in on you there, Stefan, just just yeah. quick one, like when I was playing against Seb in, in our decisive game. Yeah. Um, after after negation was out, I moved six Vader into range of his Vinto, attacked him, which would have been enough to kill. He on the land, but I parting blowed to kill him. And I think about that game, because that was wonderful. I knew negation was out, so I was definitely going to be able to get the sex move. I knew I'd you know, be able to do parting blow. Yeah. Everything was ready. But a dodge ruins either of those circumstances, and there's nothing I can do about it. Yes. So if he doesn't dodge, and then he uh, even does he on the lamb, I've got a trick to kill his on the lamb. But not really. All I've done is give him a, a C-3PO reroll. Um, so if he gets his dodge... I'm still in trouble. So, boy, it's still it's still a dodge game, as you say. Um, speaking of which, I plan to actually run a Vader list with two riots and one uh, chat group, and I actually plan on including a deadly precision just because of that. Because uh, yeah. you can you can reliably kill white dive figures with Vader and the end of round and parting blow stuff. So that's very, it's very important to me. So we'll see. If it actually happens and I can pull it off, but whatever. So, um, second game against Alex, he was very inexperienced also. And he played inexperienced, I have, I'm sorry to say. Uh, we played the droid map and he just was out of position all of the time and I picked off his figures. Uh, I didn't roll a single dodge that game, but I still won. And it was, it was, actually it wasn't a standard, uh, a standard list. He ran, he ran IG weak ways, but he didn't run Hera, he ran BT instead of Hera, and I also think he ran, he didn't run a 2, something like that, so he was running BT instead of something from the care package, so it was a bit weird, but BT is really not good anymore, because especially especially against uh, Alliance Rangers, he's just, he melts away. Oh, he's so good. He's yeah. just dead. I don't think anybody uses his volley ability, which means he's not going to be able to recover. <coughs> and not yes. That, even so, you know, recover, so that, that would be using a surge. Yeah. Uh, I'd, I'd love, I'd love that volley to be in the game. I think it's, it's such a fun effect, um, and yet he needs more. He needs more movement, and he needs more health for that. Well, no, he just needs a surge for damage too. If you do the volley, even if you were going to throw him away, imagine, imagine throwing a BT and knowing he was going to die, but getting a surge for plus two damage on his attacks. Yeah. Well, then suddenly it's worth it. It's just because he's got Pierce yeah. to recover. <laughs> okay, so um, BT isn't that much of an obstacle. So next game was raining freight on Alhada. And I played against Alberto, who ended up playing top 16, something like that. I don't know. I had to leave, so I haven't checked up. But you must have known if he penetrated deeper into the top 16. Than, but I know he won the top 22 match. Or I think he was actually top 12, maybe. Whatever. He played uh, a standard free smuggler Han Rangers list on Raining Freight against me. And he, he won initiative. Wait, is this actually true? Yes, he won initiative. And he chose bottom, so the game is basically over from there because uh, he has the better spaces to hide his rangers. He has a better access to gobbling up crates with the smugglers, and I had a bad, I had a few bad rolls, so lost the ranger pretty pretty early in this in the first round. It's it's just very hard to come back from that, and it wasn't a pretty game. It was I, I didn't see any any good chances to come back from that, and I tried, but. Nothing did work. So he played very. From my from my point of view, he played flawless. There wasn't any 
any opening I could exploit. I was searching for something, but there was it was a tight wall, and he used his his uh, smugglers very good to block line of sight to Han and Rangers. So I could never get any shots off, and then he used them to gobble upgrade. So very good. Hard to play against, especially on that mesh on this mission. So we go over to round four, which was of course shielded, and you know it. I got to play a Vader list. Ooh, yeah. <laughs> uh, okay. Ooh. And it was actually Royal Witch, Rich, who you might know from the YouTube channel, and he's also uh, on a Discord and on on the Vassal uh, Slack channel. Uh, we played on shielded. He's running a pretty standard uh, Vader to e-chats, and I think he's he's running standard. No, uh, are you running the, the elite riots or is he is he running them? Regular riots. You're running regulars, so he's running elites. Okay, yeah. yeah. So he was running elites, um, and shielded. Yeah, I'm not sure. I did well against him, and and he said so, and he uh, he was very he was very surprised at how how efficient I was at removing his figures, but it just wasn't enough, right? I mean, I had good rolls. But with him occupying a lot of shields at the end of round one, and still some shields at the end of round two, and me not being able to contest them at the end of round two, the point differential was just in his favor. And he, I think we ended up like, <coughs> like he was at 40 and I was at 12 or 16 or so. I, I didn't get any points from, from, the, from the generators, which you can't win the game with that. So, so I was two and two then. Uh, next game was against Dwayne from, from Ireland. A very nice fellow. I had a, was very nice playing against him. We played Moss Isley, and I think it was the must have been the mission where we pick up the boxes. Yeah, should, should yeah, it was the the, uh, the first yeah first was crate pick up the yes the, last the second game was, was control the, the crates yeah control. and he was playing um, IG but he wasn't playing we uh, IG Equus he was playing IG Jedi Luke Equus and a Chawa with with just C three PO so there was no Gideon in uh, there was Gideon in there but no Hera. So, um, so not the landing, not the landing gear. No, no landing gear. The, <laughs> the thing is that for some reason, uh, he so he got the outside deployment zone. I got the inside, and I I positioned my rangers like in the in the inside hallway towards the cantina, and he positioned his Ikue and Luke on on his terminal corridor. So he he was stepping out with Aichi. Uh, shooting into the corridor at Han, which I had placed there uh, with the help of C-3PO and with the help of MHG, MHD. And he never really tried to use um, um, Luke. He, he did use him, but only to, to to run forward, attack once and then run back again. So there was no double attacks. And I think I didn't I don't think he drew um, uh, Son of Skywalker at all, I think. And he he only drew plays uh, and he used it but it didn't really work out because uh, with the box in the in the middle if I have MHD ready and if I have uh, C3PO right next to Han it's really hard to get anything through on Han right I mean it's really hard to remove him I can I have a miracle worker usually in hand I have on the lamb I mean usually I have either miracle worker or on the lamb and I have the, the ability to heal free damage with MHD on Han I have the ability to to give him an, an additional um, evade and the block, of course, through cunning from um, C3PO. And I was running armed escort, which I also drew uh, and used on, I think I used it on MHD. So he, Han was getting two evades, two blocks before he did roll any dice. And then, of course, it's hard for, for, for the opponent to remove him. <coughs> he was running into Han blocks all the time. So it was a 
a long drawn out mission and I played it very conservatively, which meant that the game was running long. But in the end, I, I won. I, I gobbled up some crates with the Rangers even and worked quite well, I think. So I won the game. So I was three and two. And last game I played against Paul, who actually also made top 22 at least or top 16 maybe. I think he made it top 22. Mm-hmm. And he was running, uh, and it was the mission where you have to occupy the terminals on Mos Eisley. Or the, not the terminals, the crates on Mos Eisley. Yep. He's running... Big Lu- finish. Sorry? Yeah, big, big, big finish this, this mission, I think. Yeah, and it was getting uh, late. It was a good one to have a high activation Imperial list on. <laughs> yeah, it was running very late already, and I was exhausted. I've been talking through basically all Friday, all Saturday, and I, my, my voice started to give out. <laughs> I was tired. I was dehydrated. Even Were you spending though... much time thinking about where your win or loss would put you? Is that on your mind? No, you not thinking? at all. No, not at all. Not at all. I first of all because I after after round one, I think, or early round two, I was realizing there is no way I'm gonna win. So what happened is he he got the outside deployment. I got the initiative, and he opened the door to the container and put up Obi Wan there, and I killed Obi Wan with the Rangers. And I think Hera was also in there. Uh, and he he was running Luke, Obi-Wan, Rangers, and only C-3PO maybe. I don't know how the points shake out, something like that. He didn't have Hera, I think. Whatever. Um, and the thing is, I removed Obi-Wan. Pre- pretty okay-ish, I'd say. It wasn't it wasn't easy, but it wasn't too hard. It's but, great there's an Obi-Wan in the final. I love that. Yeah, yeah. It, and don't get me wrong. It might have actually been the wrong idea to attack Obi-Wan in there. Because uh, while I was attacking Obi-Wan, uh, Luke darted out of the, um, through the cantina to my back line where the, where the Alliance Rangers were. I tried to move away again. but um, So at the end of round one, Luke was standing there um, on my cantina box, basically. And then all hell broke loose. He got initiative round two. He started off with, um, with Luke. Um, attacking a wounded ranger who was wounded by one of his rangers, killing it. Then I think Hera was next to him. might might must have been Hera was next to it. Killed also uh, Hera who was at full health. Killed her with one attack. Then he played some Skywalker, marched onto my my fortified middle position where Han was. He to- totally ignored Han. Instead, <laughs> he attacked another ranger, uh, killed it with full health. And then he attacked. Um, then he attacked also R two D two, killed it with full health without me having any recourse. So by the second activation in round two, I was down four figures. I had one ranger left. I had Han left, and I had C three pill left, and I think Gideon, who already activated or something like that or something, or Han activated, whatever. So was wasn't pretty. So we played out the rest of round two, and then I I think I gave him. Gave him the, uh, shook his hand and we call it a quits there because it's yeah. basically basically impossible for me to get back because uh, I did manage to get some some damage onto onto Luke but not enough to threaten him and he still had three rangers who <laughs> also got who also got the activations in so uh, there wasn't anything for me to do so um, he played it very 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 good and I think. I made a ton of mixed mistakes. Not only placing my figures, I also forgot to trigger um, uh, Hera at least two times. <coughs> I think I forgot Ooh. to 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 heal one of my uh, one of my rangers with MHD, which might have made a difference. Not that much, actually, in grand scheme of things. But 
I don't know. I also rolled pretty poorly because he was able to, in, in total, remove um, six figures with only Luke, five of which were at, at full health, and he only needed one card for this. So, I don't know. There was nothing for me to do, yep. actually, so... And this yeah, was my it last. Looks very, very consistent, and, you know, solid. Um, uh, like, but yeah, which I, I think a lot of people don't have as much experience with anymore. And as uh, we said, you know, a couple of dodges so, can really ruin. Yeah, uh, that's. I mean, that's a, that's all all well and good, but it has to be said he rolled very good on his attacks. Right? I mean, removing six to to seven health figures consistently with Luke just isn't normal, right? At least not not six in a row, right? Or at least five in a row, right? That's Certainly out of the ordinary, because MHD has seven health, Hera has seven health, the Rangers have seven, and the only figure that doesn't have seven was R2. And he killed all of them, with only one of the Rangers being wounded before. So, this luck was certainly on his side too, right? So, I don't know. I, so, I certainly know that whenever I've tried, whenever I've, I've dipped a toe into Luke Waters, I've never <laughs> had it run that well. Which is what always scares me off him. Frankly, Vader scares me off with some of his terrible roles as well. But when you see a Luke that just sort of gets it and it's going with it, they they do. Um, my, my European last year experience was losing two full health weak ways, Luke, and uh, yeah, that can that can happen. Yeah, I still find him too hard to run for myself. But but Paul has been playing him really well. And, and another example of a guy who's, who did not shift from his nationals last year list and still made top six. Yeah. Okay, so this was my uh, my experience. I ended up free free. Uh, with a reasonably strength, good strength of schedule, I made... Uh, Your losses were against good players. Yeah, yeah. Um, I made uh, 27 out of uh, 65. So I got my top 32 binder, which which I wanted. And that's all <laughs> fine and good. And that's everything I came for. I mean, I would have been fine with not getting the binder too, but it's, it's very nice and I like it and I... I stroke it every day. So um, I mean, I may have come up when you guys talked about the prize support at the start of the podcast, but another thing I just—I <laughs> couldn't help myself from saying, what a weird prize support. And I don't mind them trying a different thing, but I one of the reasons I was so comfortable running the uh, the list I ran was sort of saying, well, I really want the entry prize, and then I suppose a flight to Worlds wouldn't be too bad either. Everything in between was kind of more, yeah, sure. I mean, like, you know, sort of, it's pride and bragging rights, but... You know, I'm a guy who likes to have the alt arts, and then everything else was like, yeah, all right, that's nice to get. Yeah, I mean, I mean, uh, an Armada medal was was a bit of a surprise. I admit, uh, you know, another interesting choice there. But uh. yeah, uh, <laughs> speaking of alt art cards, the the highlight for me usually I'm not into alt, alt art stuff. I I don't care for it. I I'm too mechanical of a player to actually look at what's on the cards most of the time. So. Alt art is something that just doesn't uh, tickle my fancy, but once we once I got the the, the alt art riot trooper in my hand, this is my my most favorite thing now because it's it's not a it's not a usual art art a card. It's not uh, usually they they are print on demand quality where the 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 paper is a bit lower quality than the actual cards in the box, and the print is and, a little and the bit placement is always a little bit off. You yeah, but this card uh, the riot troopers. They are like they are like very thick plastic, and they have a vinyl print on it, which together with the awesome art and so this is this is the best card I have seen. Is this your first? Is this your first spot gloss? It's my first spot gloss, yeah. 
Are the other spot glasses also that thick? It's called a spot glass. Sorry. These are called spot glass cards. Yeah, yeah, yeah. These are the other. Yeah, uh, are the other spot glass cards that have been given out at tournaments? Are they also that thick? Yes. All of them. Yeah, you might have missed uh, last okay. nationals where all the top sixteen got five spot gloss HKs again, similarly double sided, uh, which are you know fantastic. Yeah, HKs um, are awesome. And, <laughs> yeah. and there's also been a Diala and a Fen, um, both of which single sided, yeah. to looking pretty. Yeah. Speaking of which, so very nice card. I really like it, and that's also the reason yep. why I'm running a Vader double E riots list in the the next Vienna tournament. So. Because it's it's an amazing all upgrade. <laughs> I, I like it. So that was my my experience. I I, I watched the top twenty two matches on Sunday, uh, and I put up some. So for the listeners at home, if you wanna 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 see what the players actually played in the top sixteen, I went through all of the top sixteen and made pictures not only of the players themselves, which I did, but also of the of the lists they played, and uh, so you can see who played what. And I will the, the the zip file of the list is actually already up on the website. I have posted it on Discord and on the Slack channel, and I will also post it on the show notes if not, if I don't forget. And I will maybe put up some pictures of the top sixteen players so you can also see their faces and not only have their names coming up on the podcast uh, all of the time, but also see who's actually behind the name. And that's my my experience there. It was very nice, and I plan on expanding my skirmish attendance uh, reasonably soon. I don't know, uh, maybe uh, we go to Poland or maybe I'll go to Germany and play there. <laughs> it's all up in the air right now. So um, it was nice. And well, uh, welcome to the fold. Cause, yeah, you know, this yeah. is the other, it's how the other half lives. The other half of the uh, Imperial Assault. I, I love yeah. the story half of Imperial Assault campaign, but it was skirmish that really won me in. Yeah. Okay. So we talked for a long time. Um, Pasi. Uh, do you wanna I wanna get something in in play experiences wise because I see you played you, you started to play the app uh, right? Yes, uh, I was uh, asking my group if we could uh, play and uh, they said said yes and we started the uh, Flight of the Freedom Fighter campaign. We played a few missions of it uh, in testing, but uh, now we started for real. I mean the finished finished product with yeah, the finished yeah. product and. Uh, we are playing in normal setting, so it's a sort of casual way to play. Uh, when I when I solo, yeah. I of course use the hard mode, but uh, yeah, sure, sure. Yeah. But this is sort of a more casual way to play. Mm-hmm. Uh, so you list four heroes. There. Are you playing with four players, or is it less than yeah, four players? Yeah, the group is uh, the core group is exactly four four persons. So so oh, one, okay. one for each. Yeah, that's nice. Yeah, and. Uh, the other players took yeah. uh, Jun, Trokata, and Mac. So, so I decided <coughs> to take uh, a melee hero, which is David. And mm, uh, yeah. well, it remains to be seen if uh, we get uh, good weapons for the final or not. Yeah, I'm, as I, as I'm looking at this, it certainly strikes me that there's that there's no support hero in there, right? They are all just. Very siloed off. They you don't interact with with the other heroes that much. So yeah, it's interesting. I'm not sure if it actually works well in the la- in the later missions, but we'll see. Certainly, how how many missions uh, did we you have play? played? The first two, and of oh, course wins. Yeah, but, it's, uh, it's yeah. pretty easy. On the- nothing 
Third mission will be interesting with gobbling up all the crates. I mean, Mac has a bit of an advantage there if he takes, if you know, if you remember to take the, uh, is it expertise yes. the card where you can interact and then interact and yeah. get another action. Yeah, yeah. I, I can't remember. It's uh, yeah, uh, we talked about it in the second to last podcast where we talked about the the mission free. Okay, so um, uh, uh, what I wanted to ask you is, uh, on which device do you actually play the the uh, the app? Do you use a laptop or do you use a tablet? I borrowed a laptop uh, from work work for myself, okay. but uh, the, this campaign we play with uh, the friend's iPad. Oh, okay, okay. So which do you prefer? Do you prefer playing on laptop or do you prefer playing with the with a tablet? Uh, I don't think it. That's so much difference in the end. Okay, because I, for for me, I actually really prefer the the tablet because usually I'm not playing on large enough tables to to have everything fit nicely on there. So having another rather bulky device on there that you cannot also tilt and pivot around very easily is certainly certainly irks me a bit. So with the tablet, it's very easy to. Not only to fit it on the table in a in a in a space that's much smaller than a, than a laptop, but you can also pick it up and you can give it to the other players so they can read certain parts. So I like I like that it's also on the app and basically the interface is the same I'd say. So there's no real difference in in actually using the app. It's just the the the, the handling of the device I, I like much more on the on the on the tablet. Yeah. Okay. So uh, one um, thing I noticed that. Uh, Anything else from you? It's it's great to have the other other imperial groups and uh, allies in the app now, because ori- originally yeah, it yeah. was just the core box. Do you play and, with uh, everything enabled? It was uh, yeah quite boring to always get uh, transition hunters and and nexus, but uh, now we yeah, sure. now we get all kinds of so, uh, enemy units. I hear Jabba can come out can be very peculiar. Yeah, I don't mind. <laughs> uh, so. How do you, since you're playing real life with the stuff on the on the table, how do you manage your your figures and your card? I mean, the cards, deployment cards are pretty easy. Not only are they not that important in the app, I mean, they are still important, but not as important. But also, uh, the cards are fit neatly in a binder. But how do you organize your figures to have them reasonably fast ready when you play with the app with all stuff enabled? Do you have any system or uh, advice for listeners? I have. Yes, yes, I have a storage solution. I have one one plain uh, uh, old box for the tokens and uh, yeah, and so on. Uh, maybe fifteen centimeters times twenty-five, and then another of the same size. Oh, another two of those uh, for mercenaries and uh, rebel figures. Oh, and then one okay. a big one bigger organizer for the other other imperial. And some of the uh, mercenary figures, and then I have the uh, core box uh, with a refolded insert that uh, uh, yeah. can take uh, a few few of these. And in the side compartment there is uh, rancor and uh, uh, the repulsor uh, tank and uh, the panzer rider and and ATST and uh, ATDP. Yeah. So. It all fits in one bag. That's right. I really need so for 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 myself. I, I I until now I keep organizing the the stuff 
all of the stuff of an expansion in the actual expansion box themselves. So the tiles and the figures and the, the campaign book and the rule book of the expansion is within the within the box of the of the actual expansion. But I I figured I I need to I need to step up my game here because I when I played the app of my guys and it enabled everything. It was actually very hard because I had to bring all of my stuff and finding finding figures uh, in the in the actual expansion boxes in the in the bags. It's very hard and takes a lot of time. And I, I need to for the next campaign we're gonna play or the next app, app campaign we're gonna play. I need to get something something organized there because it's it's getting to the point where it's not actually being able to 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 retrieve figures fast enough for my players not to fall asleep. So. Okay, thank you for your for your advice, and I think some listeners might actually find it very help, helpful. Not not kind of me, of course, because I also find it very helpful. Okay. Yeah, the figures are painted, but uh, you can uh, because they are also coated. I can just uh, have them packed as uh, as uh, tightly as possible on those boxes. It's a little bit of uh, uh, game of Tetris to fit all those in, but. Uh, they can take a surprising amount of figures, those uh, yeah. three boxes. Yeah, I need to get some, some of these. Okay, so uh, that would be the starting of the end of the episode. And before we go to actual to our actual uh, send-offs, first of all, um, Alistair reminded me uh, uh, in, our, in our Discord chat that today is actually um, Daniel Taylor's birthday. So our... Three times world champion is getting one year older today, so congratulations to you and good health and right. very much luck in then uh, at GenCon I think where you where he will probably be attending and very much luck for the next world of course. So yeah. uh, and to all of our other fans, you know if you want a birthday shout out on the podcast, all you have to do is win <laughs> worlds three times in a row. You actually have to win worlds four times, so you're more important than well, yes. Yeah. <laughs> now, yeah. Okay. Very, very rare to get a yeah. shout out on this broadcast. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Also, I want to shout out to all of the people I met at the Europeans. Like, there's, there are too many to, to actually cancel. So, Isaac, Arvis, Arvidash, uh, Rich, uh, the, the guys that played, which I mentioned, uh, I don't know who, uh, the, 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 two, the two Germans, which is Jan and, and Sebastian. Uh, I don't know who, who I forgot now. Um, uh, yeah, all of the guys I met there. Was an amazing crowd. I'm very much looking forward to maybe attending German German nationals, Nordic nationals, or maybe Polish nationals to to see some of the guys again. Okay, so uh, Pazi, any parting words before any parting blows before we um, take a break? Hey, again? it's my time. We live in interesting times. It's very exciting to be waiting for for the uh, new products. Come in. No, no, it's not exciting to be waiting. I want to have this stuff now. I'm just as excited when, it ha- when I have it in hand. If not even more. <laughs> okay, so, um, Alistair, anything else from you? No, just to say, uh, you know, I'm really happy to see the, uh, the the store champs and the other events getting sort of well-subscribed in the UK, so I hope to see people at, at all of them. And, and, and also... The best thing for Europeans for me is that I, I, this is the first time I've really seen a lot of Facebook chat about people saying, "Shall we get on a plane and get over to you know the the Nordic uh, national? Shall we go to the German national in Dusseldorf?" Um, I've done that a few times. If you're considering it, if you're looking for an excuse to go take a cheap uh, 
European flight, you know, while it's <laughs> while break while while UK's you know not done Brexit yet or whatever, <laughs> it is so worth it. You get yeah, you get it's it, use ex- Imperial Salt as an exper- as a chance to experience another city. Um, stay with somebody, Airbnb, keep the cost down if you can, sell the stuff that you, the swag you earn. But um, I'm really happy to see more people considering it because we've got a really good community and there's lots of people, players from different countries, really enjoyed seeing each other at Europeans, you could see. So um, yeah, hopefully I'll see you at the London events, but uh, the UK events, but and then maybe even we'll see you at some of the other ones as well. Yeah. Okay, and this concludes our, our episode for, for this episode, for this week, episode, whatever. Um, like I said on the on the outset, uh, there will be some Legends of the Alliance. I don't know how much we can stream or how, who's going to play it, but we will. I will try to make something happen. And uh, this should be happening before the next episode, and the next episode should be coming forth. Hopefully before the next expansion is available. I don't know. We will see. And we will talk about um, uh, Legends of the Lions more. We still have two missions to go for there. So exciting times. And until then, I wish you, of course, a very nice bye-bye. Bye-bye. Take care.